Today on Locked On Red Wings, the offense stumbles as Detroit is shut out in an unlikely goalie duel. You're Locked On Red Wings, your daily podcast on the Detroit Red Wings. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Lockdown Red Wings podcast. We are your hosts, Brian Fisher and Scotty Bentley. I'm a podcast producer for the Daily J-A-W-W-J News Radio podcast. Well, Scotty's host over at Locked On Tigers, as well as a freelance journalist for the Detroit News. And today's episode is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code Locked On NHL for twenty dollars off your first purchase. Scotty, uh, obviously, we'll get to and break down the entire game against the Philadelphia Flyers that occurred on Saturday. And then obviously we will preview the game against the Ducks. That's going to be happening tonight by the time people are listening to this. Um, But first and foremost, obviously old news. I think I just said, obviously like three times in the last minute. It was a solid three. Yeah. Yeah. Oh man. I got a crutch for baby, but the, a few players returned adding to the depth. Zach Aston Reese, Jonathan Berggren and Austin Zarnick all got re-signed to the Grand Rapids Griffins. And Costin and Comfort came off the IR while Perron served a third game of a six-game suspension. So a cut, some reinforcements came back in this game, and that's really good to see. And, and we'll obviously uh, there it is again. Now I'm going to hear it. You're really gonna, you're really digging deep today. I'm, I'm going to hear it. Uh, but we will talk about that. I'm I'm going to try so hard to avoid that for the rest <laughs> of the podcast. Now, Scotty, like always, now that we've kind of done the news and notes on who's back who's still out. Obviously Larkin's still out. We get to the part where we break down the game. And what is the one word you would use to describe the one, nothing loss, the Philadelphia Flyers on Saturday. It's really hard for the word to not just be frustrating. Like I like it's, it's really difficult to find any other word. Uh, I think the, the, the word that I think best describes it uh, would be unique or even <laughs> outlier dare i say like mm-hmm. if i want to get even more dramatic with it but uh i think unique uh unique frustrating and outlier would be uh in a race for the top there i know that's not exactly one i kind of gave you three but like uh th- that's kind of how i feel about this game man like the the wings have been such a good offensive team this year and if it becomes a trend then we're gonna have an issue and and we will obviously you know, break down and talk about like what needs to change if this does become a long-term trend. But um, this team for what, 20 years now has just been, or 15 years now has just been awful in Philadelphia. Like it's just, it's, it's truly remarkable. Um, And yeah, man, I, uh, I think, I think unique or outlier is kind of where I want to go just because that they have been so good offensively and they got shut out by like not, you know, I, we, I talk all the time about how big of a Carter Hart fan I am. This wasn't even a Carter Hart game, right? Like mm-hmm. this, like you, you got, you got shut out by, uh, by Urson. Like, I, I don't know between that and like the, the, the rarity of our goalies, not allowing too many goals. You had the, the goalie switch in the middle of the game on top of that. And like, you still didn't allow, like, this is just, the, the wings, I'll put it this way. The wings have been hitting the over a lot this year. We'll put it that <laughs> way. And uh, and this was a, a one nothing hockey game 
for a Red Wings team that has struggled in net and scored a lot of goals. And that is why I, I very frustrating because we're not used to not scoring goals this year. But uh, but I think I think unique. It's a very unique loss. Uh, there haven't been too many that look like this one. Yeah, I mean, my one word coming into this was going to be boring. Uh, and, sure. you know, part of that is also because Bally Sports Detroit, not Bally Sports Detroit, but Bally Sports in general decided to yet again have a server outage or whatever. Yeah. So I missed the almost the entirety of the first period, including the one goal that was scored in this game yeah. before it came back on. And it's like, what, the fifth time at least that this has happened? But that's a completely different rant. Yeah, um, it might be more than that. <laughs> But boring is what I I had. I mean, it felt like a game, despite the fact that at the end of the game, shots were even, I think, 33-33. It felt like a game where nothing really happened. Both teams only generated seven high-danger chances in this game, like split even, high-danger chances, seven aside. And the one goal that the Philadelphia Flyers scored was just an unfortunate ricochet off JT Comfer's stick as he tried to clear the crease. So, like, even their goal was kind of fluky. It felt like neither team could really ever generate a ton of offense, which, as you've already said, is not something this team's struggled with a lot. But I will say the last time this team struggled with this, goal scoring being what I'm talking about, almost said it there, caught myself, um, is the last time this team went through kind of a lull. Yeah. In the last time this team went through a lull, I can't remember. Was it three, five, and three? Whatever was the yeah. thing I was saying. They obviously had it started it off after with, the hot streak to start off, start off the yes. year, and then they went on a lull, and then they've been you know playing pretty much pretty not like copy and paste every night, but they've been they've been on you know a similar yes. trend since. So you know you look at it, uh, the, mm, caught it again. The overtime loss to the Seattle Kraken was the first of the downward spiral. That they put up four goals and they had three power play goals in that game. It was absolutely electric hockey game that they just didn't win. Then only one goal against Winnipeg, one goal against Boston. They scored four in the comeback overtime win over the Islanders. Uh, shut out against the Florida Panthers. The only other time this season, I believe they've been shut out. That one, the Panthers just just absolutely suffocated the Red Wings. They scored three. I'm sorry, jumping ahead a little bit. They scored four, five rather, in the Boston win, and then three in the loss to the Rangers. That was when the Rangers took their foot off the pedal after they got up 5 nothing. Two in the overtime loss to Montreal, five in the win over Columbus, and it goes on from there. Like You can see that, obviously, when, when they won those hockey games, they were scoring a lot of goals. It was when they were losing that their offense just struggled, and it's kind of what we're seeing, and I think that's going to be kind of the story of this team this year when they're on they're going to score a ton of goals but when they're not on they're going to score struggle to score more than one I think there was a statistic at the end of the game that the Red Wings are winless if they don't score more than two goals they they don't have a single one nothing two nothing two one win on the season because they either score in bunches or they don't score at all and this is just one of those games where they don't score at all and Obviously, you know, still missing Larkin, still missing Perron, but you did have reinforcements coming back in Comfort. But I think that's also where kind of the uniqueness that you were saying comes in, too, because you were missing Costin and Comfort for over a week. So right. you're trying to learn chemistry without them. Now they're back inserted back in the lineup. The lineups are shaken up again. So you're trying to find chemistry again. And outside of that, just they did not look like they really had it in this game. So 
I'm not going to get, it was frustrating. Sure. It was boring. Cause they really weren't generating a whole lot of chances, but it's not like the flyers were generating a ton of chances either. This was actually like a pretty solid defensive performance by the team too. So it just kind of came down to <sighs> throw my hands in there. And I hate saying this for like the third time in the last week, but there's just going to be games like this. No. And, and that's uh, again, that that's, that's kind of maybe the the angle that I take to get there is different, but like that's kind of where I stand too, in the sense of like the the until it becomes a trend, we have the uh, I think the team lately has earned the right to just be like you know what this is probably an outlier. This is probably just. Uh, a, an outlier offensive performance. They're going to continue to get people back. And, uh, and if we look in the, in the next three games, if they score, you know, four plus even three plus, uh, you know, in, in every game they play next week, then we'll be like, all right, that was just uh, a rough night. And we get back on the horse named Friday. Like it's, it's not a, it's, you know what I mean? Like if it, if it's, if it's a trend, then it's an issue and we got to break it down more, but because it hasn't been a trend, it's really tough to, yeah. for me at least to be like super upset about it on a game to game basis. Like, yeah, it, it sucked. It was really frustrating. Again, I, it was a very, very frustrating loss for me. I, I, <laughs> as I'm sure it was for everybody uh, like that. We're, we're used to, to not getting shut out this year and, uh, and we were, but until it, you know, they pile on a couple of poor offensive performances in a row. It's hard to get too upset about it. Yeah, we got to obviously head into segment two here, but you know, there's another reason why I think this team kind of struggled to generate offense as well. And I think also matchup has a lot to do with it as well. Uh, you brought up a good point in the preview episode on Friday that I think played a huge role in this hockey game. So stay tuned for that in segment two. But first, I do a quick ad break. Got to talk to you guys today about... Game time. I've read you the riot act already several times, guys. Other apps, you go to buy a ticket, you think you're spending $30. Next thing you know, it's $60. All those fees, they add up so quick, but you don't got to worry about that when you're shopping and buying your tickets from game time. They're the only ticketing app that gives you complete peace of mind with your purchase. See the view from your seat before you buy so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. All in prices show your total upfront so you know exactly what you're getting and it's a great deal without those hidden fees. So buy tickets in two seconds with two taps. They're obsessed with finding ways to help you save money on tickets. Bless you. Game times. Game time has deals on tickets right up to the start of the event and even an hour after it starts. It's the place to find last minute seats with zone deals. You pick the section and game time picks the seats for an average of 18% in savings. Also, if you find tickets in the same section and row for less, the game time guarantee will credit you 110% of the difference. If you find those tickets on a different app, you just come over to game time and say, Hey, I want these tickets. And they will, Hey, 110% credit your difference. Take the guesswork out of buying tickets with game time, download the game time app, create an account and use code locked on NHL for $20 off your first purchase terms apply again, create an account and redeem code locked on NHL for $20 off download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed segment two locked on red wings podcast scotty i thought you brought up a really good point on friday's episode about you know why this team is seeing so much success the flyers being the team i'm talking about in this situation and that is because they play really good defense and also 
you know, the John Torella effect, you know, John's going to get my buddy, John hearing this is going to get way too excited, but the John Tortorella effect of just getting the utmost out of players for the first few years, he's there. He's absolutely doing that. That's why this team is currently second. That team is currently second in the metropolitan division, but they play a very good defensive style of hockey. And, you know, for a team like the Red Wings, whose goal is to score off the rush in bunches, that's hard to deal with. You know, the Carolina Hurricanes were a tough team to deal with because they played an oppressive forechecking style of hockey, the better version of what the Red Wings were trying to do. So the Red Wings couldn't break the puck out of the zone. In this instance, they struggled a lot with getting into the zone and generating offensive offense in the zone that way because the Flyers play such a good style of defense. And it's not to say the Red Wings didn't have any chances in this game. You know, they actually had an over 50% share at shot attempts at five on five. They had a 50% share of high danger chances in this game. They evened up the shots 50-50, and they had a slight edge in the quality shots, the expected goals for. Uh, I think it was like 53%. So they had opportunities, but it's just that they struggled to get consistent Pressure, and that's not being a thing all season long. But when you run into teams like the Hurricanes, who forecheck the ever living daylights out of you, you're going to struggle to get any shots at all. And then when you fight, you know, play against a team like the Philadelphia Flyers, who do such a good job cleaning up their own zone in the defensive zone, it's going to continue to struggle to score goals, especially while Dylan Larkin is still out. And not to say that Dylan Larkin Scotty is everything for this team, right? But until you get him back, you're going to continue helps. to try and have to steal wins in any way possible. Yeah, man, he helps. He, he helps. helps. Um, and yeah, I, I guess I don't know. It's it's just it's such a weird, such a weird time with all the injuries that happened, and obviously, as you just alluded to, like Larkin not playing and whatnot. Like, I, I guess they have scored one goal in their last two games. Like I, I but I, 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 you know what I mean? Like you say that like it's a good thing, but it's not a good thing. No, no. I mean, I, I meant when I said, you know, the, um, when I said, I didn't want to, I'm not going to worry until it becomes a trend. Like to be fair to the, like the counterpoint to that is like, well, it's, you know, two games they've scored one total goal, but um, it's just, again, it, it's such a weird I don't want to play like apologist ball. Like I, I don't want to. I don't want to come on here and just be like, oh well, you know, everybody's hurt. Like, what are you gonna do? It, no. It's just, it's a really tough stretch with with all the injuries and uh, and and they've still, you know, like two, whatever it was. So I guess three games ago. Now the game before Carolina, they put up six. Like it's um, it, it, it's tough. But I, I think. Until, again, until we see a prolonged period of time of, like, consistent lack of offense, that's when, like, maybe maybe they are going to struggle offensively until Larkin comes back, or maybe this is a dry spell. Like, that, that I'm not ruling it out. I just, I can't get, I, I, I can't get too terribly worried until it becomes a clear trend, that's all. No, I completely agree. It's like you're you're trying to walk that line right now, you're right. where you're trying to be as understanding as possible to the situation and just the fact that teams go through these lulls, but at the same time recognize that, you know, even with injuries, the team has to find a way. Like Derek Lalone mentioned in the post game press conference, it's like you can't use exhaustion and right. you know banged up roster as an excuse. You got to find ways to get wins. And I mean, this is a hockey team that just felt kind of disjointed. And again. To be fair, that it you're inserting two guys in the lineup who have been out. You started to find chemistry without them. Now they're back in. You're trying to rebuild the chemistry. It's going to be weird. But 
like I just said. You got to figure it out regardless, and they couldn't do that. The passing was really sloppy in this hockey game. It felt like none of the passes were in people's sticks. It felt like nobody was ever ready for a pass. It and it just the the most frustrating thing was the amount of shots that they would pass up on. Now I do I want to be careful when saying that too because I did notice the team was taking a lot of low danger shots in this game, which is abnormal for this hockey team. Cause normally they do do like a thousand passes before deciding to shoot the puck. And that's something I've criticized them over. Cause it just frustrates me. Even when they would score six goals and be like, just shoot the puck more. Well, they did do that in this game, but, and maybe I'm calling out Lucas Raymond in particular, not to say, not to call him out and be like, he's the problem. But I've noticed so many instances, and Joe Valeno sometimes too, where they'll get the puck in the slot. And G- Jeff Petrie mentioned this in the post-game press conference, just passing up on quality shot opportunities for like one more pass. And Lucas Raymond has done this a few times where he'll get the puck in the slot where like literally it's that is that spot is your best shot opportunity because you have the best angle at all four corners on the goaltender. And he would make the pass to the winger low in the circle. And I understand what he's trying to do. You're kind of you're trying to draw draw the goalie out because they're expecting a shot. But in that situation, Razor, you just gotta shoot the puck. And it's not like they lost because of Raymond. Um, and he's not the only player who would do this. But if you're gonna take all those low danger shots as a team. When you get the puck in a high danger area, you also should probably shoot the puck there as well. Um, and I know, like I said, they two games removed from putting up the sixth spot on the St. Louis Blues. So it's not like they're not shooting the puck at all. Just sometimes it's like, why did you pass on a shot in that situation? Not to sound like hypocritical or contradict myself, but just something I noticed in this game. Sure. A lot of no, low I, danger I, I shots. I think it's but... fair, man. I uh, Like I said, there, there's just because it's you know, I'm not like freaking out. Doesn't mean there wasn't still, I mean, clearly a ton of flaws offensively in this game and zone entry has been an inconsistent thing in general. I think uh shot really, I, I feel like mostly early on in the season, we were complaining about it on the power play more than even strength uh, to just like get some more shots off. But um, yeah, I, it's, it's a really, again, it's just a really tough stretch to break down, but I don't disagree with any of that. Yeah, and I mean, I think part of the reason why they had, and here's the breakdown for at five on five, they had 12 low danger shots, four medium danger, and five high danger at five on five on Urson, which is part of the reason why he looked so great. Um, part of that is, again, the, the Flyers play a very good defensive game. Like they do a great job of, you know, keeping the high danger opportunities out of from inside or out of the slot area. So while I'm, again, you're walking that rope, that tight rope, right? Where, this is partly how the Flyers play their game, so it's going to be a struggle. But at the same time, you got to figure it out. So it's just – and they couldn't in this game. The Flyers, you know, won nothing, but they played great. Uh, if you're okay with it, we'll head into segment three here, Scotty. We got to praise some goaltending because the goaltending was unreal for the Red Wings in this hockey game. Two goalies played. They were great. Uh, power play struggles as well. And, you know, despite the fact that the Red Wings couldn't really get much going, there was one line in this game I thought actually generated – the best opportunities for this hockey team, despite the goose egg on the scoreboard. So we'll do all that in segment three and do a quick preview of the struggling Anaheim Ducks. So stay tuned to Lockdown Red Wings. 
As the weather gets colder, the NFL offers stay hot on FanDuel. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 Moneyline bet. That is $150 if your team wins. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get on the action, especially as the Detroit Lions have 10 wins on the season. And if the, uh, almost said the Kraken, if the Seahawks lose tonight, the Lions will have clinched a playoff spot. So the app is so easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash lockdown and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. Segment three, Locked on Red Wings podcast. Scotty, we got to praise some goaltending because Alex Lyon, up until when he got hurt, and Billy Husso were spectacular in this game. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, uh, Lion, I, I'm, yeah. I, is there an update on him? Uh, so last I had heard was during the media availability after the game, and Lalone, of course, was just like an upper body injury, which tells yeah. us nothing. And I know that's the point, but sometimes it's just like, dude, just at that point, don't even say anything. If <laughs> the whole different conversation, <laughs> coach speak, baby. Coach speak. Um, yeah, no, I mean, first off, I hope Lyon's okay because I feel like this goalie situation changes dramatically if he's not. But um, we'll obviously keep tabs on that throughout the week. But, yeah, man, I, this was uh, this was a, a really good game for Huso. I feel like that's a couple of good outings in a row for Huso. Uh, Huso, as the uh, ESPN Huso. broadcast the other night said, Huso. Um, yeah, man, it's a, it's, it's a few good ones, few good ones in a row for him. Which is very important uh, for as uh, we, we've talked about it all the time. We don't have to like go down the rabbit hole completely, but like Lion is not going to sustain what he's at right now throughout the entire season, and Huso is going to be a a primary factor whether he's the one A or the one B or however you know whether he's just the bona fide one or the bona fide backup, whatever role he ends up being into, he is going to get legitimate playing time. And uh, it's very, very important for the Red Wings' success for Huso to be uh, playing solid hockey. So uh, really nice to see, even if it is a relief effort, um, that that's two outings in a row that I think uh, we can all be, be pretty happy from, from him. Yeah, and I mean, like, even Alex Lyon before, and for those who are listening and didn't get an opportunity to see the game, Lyon made a save, and I'm not quite sure exactly what happened. It's not clear on the replay even. I'm not sure if the puck hit him like under the pad and got him in the ribs or if he tweaked something because it was one of those plays where he had to make like three quick, like very small lateral movements back and forth to try and make the save. And I wasn't sure if he like tweaked something making the save on his like oblique area or if the puck got him under the pads. But something in his rib area was bothering him and ended up leaving the game. But I mean, even the one goal that Alex Lyon let in, it wasn't his fault. It was just an yeah. unfortunate deflection of JT Comfer's stick, as I said earlier. And Billy Huso was great. 18 saves. He actually earned third star in this game, according to ESPN. 18 saves, perfect in net for the Detroit Red Wings. Made big saves. That's two straight games, definitively, where Billy Huso has been fantastic outside of one error. Like, I know we... I know we were so conflicted on his performance against the Carolina Hurricanes because, again, that that error he made ended up being the game-winning goal, but it's not as if he didn't put them in a position to win yeah, that yeah. game. Um, and then again, in this one, I mean, he kept the Red Wings in at the entire time, and it's almost – it's so it, then that's where it gets really frustrating, right? Like this goaltending has been the biggest Achilles heel of this hockey team 
throughout the season, and they've had to outscore their problems in net on and in the back end. And then the goaltending gives you two solid performances, and you score a collective one goal in those two games when your offense has been so good. Like, of course, like one finally turns it on, and the other one turns it off. But, you know, hopefully that's something that changes very quickly here. But yeah, they were absolutely fantastic in this game, and I just wanted to give mad props because mad we needed props. Red Wings needed it, and they unfortunately they couldn't pull it out. But they, like I said, put them in a position to win. Um, power play also over three in this game, and they struggled in the game prior too. Obviously, against the there it is again. I said it again uh, against the Carolina Hurricanes, it struggled as well. And in one power play in particular, it felt like Carolina had all the momentum. Yeah. They had several scoring opportunities on the Red Wings' own power play. I, I just, you know, I feel as if their schemes just kind of figured out, you know, they're going to keep making. And it, it felt like they did try to change it up in some regard. They're taking a lot more shots from the quarterback on the play. You know, that you're also, defenseman. again, missing a very prominent yeah, part. I don't know. I, I don't think it's going to be, this is the trend again. I don't think this is the trend, but it's two games where the power play has been flat when you needed it mm -hmm. most. No, for sure. And, and uh, that's been something that the wings have relied uh, relatively heavily on. So, uh, you know, I, I don't think they're completely like you shut down the power play, you shut down the wings kind of thing. I don't think it's that dramatic, but um, yeah, man, they're, uh, that's it, it, that's certainly been a big factor. I mean, obviously, right? Get you, you get shut out. Nah, nah, yeah. <laughs> didn't put the puck in the back of the net any way you could. So, can we also talk? Gostas Bear had a really, I thought he had a really bad game overall, but especially in the waning minutes. Uh, yeah, well, yeah, whiff shot, broken stick, just he yeah. would go in the defensive zone. They'd have the goalie pulled, and he turned the puck over. It just real rough game from Gostas Bear, which is rare, but it not. We keep saying it, but a bad game to have a bad game, especially from one of your most talented goal scorers from the back end. Yeah, agreed. It was pretty rough. But I thought the third line was pretty good in this game. Uh, that Daniel Sprong, Robbie Fabry, Andrew Kopp line. Uh, Daniel Sprong was out there for 23 shot attempts, four only out there for 11 against. Cop out there for 21 attempts, four, 11 against. And uh, Robbie Fabry out there for 17 attempts for 11 against all over 60% Corsi at five on five and all well over 70% at five on five at expected goals for percentage. Each one with an expected goals for over one in this game. And of course they didn't score. And I was going into this game, like the lineup, I was like, what is going on? They put Rasmussen with Comfer and Kane. And I was like, that's weird. I would have thought that if you're going to break to bring in Kane up, you'd think you'd want to put a goal scorer up on the top line, right? Like a Sprong or a Fabry. But they kept them both on the third line with a defensive-minded forward in yeah. Andrew Kopp. And they were the they got the best scoring chances for the entire team. And I was really surprised, but very... I mean, again, they didn't score a goal, so I can't be too happy. But I was surprised with how well they worked out, out, out there against philadelphia flyers yeah no I'd, and uh, again like the, <laughs> just i, I don't want to i don't want to keep regurgitating the same thing but yes i agree yeah uh and finally red wings dominated the faceoff circle which is nice to see of course again lost one nothing but valeno went 12 it's so funny man like they they uh I, I i had this conversation recently i'm trying to figure out the context but i had this conversation recently where like 
they they either don't win in the faceoff circle, but like they find ways to still like score goals, or like they they still find a way to have high danger opportunities, or they do really well in the faceoff circle and then can't run an offense in the offensive zone. It's yep. just uh, it seems to be uh, uh <laughs> they can't they can't do both in the same game. Unfortunately, well, at least lately. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. No, no, that was it. It's just so funny because. St. Louis, they dominated the faceoff circle in large part because Valeno dominated in the faceoff circle. Yeah. Then against Carolina, they got dominated in the right. faceoff circle in, in large part right. because Joe Valeno got dominated in the faceoff circle. Now, in this game, again, they dominate in the faceoff circle because Joe Valeno won 12 faceoffs and only lost six. Like Zarnik won five, lost two, which is great. Cop went three and three. Uh, Comfort went 11 and 12. So nobody like, was in large part losing the bulk majority of their faceoffs, but just the fact that Valeno is single-handedly determining how they do in the faceoff yeah. circle while Larkin's out is kind of funny. Just a nice little, you know, nice little tidbit, fun fact in a game where they lost. But yes, uh, let's preview the game against the Anaheim Ducks if you want to. Sure, let's ready. do it. Do you have anything? You don't have anything else for this game? No, I don't. Okay. Uh. Yeah, they play the Anaheim Ducks. They're struggling right now. Also very banged up. 10, 19, and 0. They are 8th in the Pacific Division. They've been surpassed by the San Jose Sharks. They are currently riding a five-game losing streak. Uh, they are playing the Devils right now. Actually, I'm sorry. This is actually the first game they've won. This game just went final. Uh, the Ducks beat the Devils 5-1 to one in New Jersey. So they just snapped their five-game losing streak. They are on a one-game winning streak, if you can call it that, coming in to Detroit. But this is nice. They're on the second half of a back-to-back, playing on the East Coast across the country. They're down some major key players. Mason McTavish uh, is eligible to come back in this hockey game tonight against the Red Wings. But Trevor Zegers, who's been really bad this season. but Oh, Zegers and Drysdale. And Drysdale, and as well as Lund- Lundestrom. I'm guessing on that one. Are all out. Cavish is his day to day, so we'll see what happens there. But yeah, so team that's been down outside of this win over the the Devils, but on the second of a back to back, really banged up. Like this is the Red Wings' opportunity to get much needed two points. Yeah, hundred percent, man. Um, Vitrano's been like pretty good for them, like relatively speaking. Uh, if you want to look at like anybody who's been producing for them, I, I guess. I would uh, I would lean that way, but yeah, I think this is uh, another team who's kind of uh, like tail of the season. Aside from they're like very much still in the middle of a rebuild and and whatnot, but uh, they're they're toward the bottom of the league and and really just about everything. But uh, I it's very hard for me to have conversations about the Ducks without just continuously bringing up like what would the Ducks look like if they actually did trade John Gibson four years ago? You know what I mean? Like that's <laughs> like, he's got, he's got like an eight ninety this season or something like Poor that. Gibby. Maybe a little bit better. Like he's, he, he certainly is not, uh, not prime, you know, like Gibby in there anymore. So it's just, it's uh, he, and I don't know if we're going to get him in. I don't know who's in that. It's a back to back. So I'm assuming they'll do a one and one in, in that. Uh, but it's yeah, man, they, they are down all, a lot of their key contributors offensively to a team that already hasn't been very good offensively. They are a, a, 
I can't even think of a funny analogy to talk, to really put into words how much they struggle defensively. Uh, they are incredibly shallow on the blue line. That's uh, that that's the way to put it. They, they are unbelievably shallow there. They don't have anyone great in between the pipes. Um, this is a team in the middle of a rebuild that's got some fun prospects for sure um, to uh, to help them offensively in the future. But this is not a game that the Red Wings have any business losing. So just so you know, both Dostal and Gibson played against the Devils. Uh, Dostal played one period and Gibson played two. Um, I would imagine that that would be because somebody got hurt. I don't know that for sure. I'd have to check after we get done recording to see exactly what happened. Um, but yeah, they're, uh, they played both their goalies in this game. So we'll, we'll find out who we are playing. We really tomorrow. don't know. We really don't know now, but yeah, like you said, this is a Larkin or not. This is a game that the Red Wings have no business losing. And this is a perfect game to, as, uh, Scotty would say, get back on the horse themed Friday for the Red Wings. So, and this is the first game that Lalone said that Larkin could be eligible to come back in. Now he did say that would be aggressive. So I wouldn't bet my money on it, but just to be, just to know that we are probably getting closer to a Larkin return. I would think if I'm being honest, if I'm being conservative next weekend, like over this Christmas break, is there any, even any weekend games over? Yeah, the, that's right. The Friday and Saturday back to back. So one of those two games is when I would guess if I'm being conservative, but we still don't really know what's wrong with him, but we do know that he is skating again, which is positive. And like I said, Lalone said optimist, like if you're being an optimist, it would be aggressive to have him come back on Monday, but that's where I, the window basically begins. Yeah. But again, Larkin or not, you got to win this hockey game. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. You, uh, you have to, I don't, I don't really know if I have anything else. Yeah, neither do I. Uh, also, shout out the defense in the game against the Philadelphia Flyers. We talked so much about oh, the goaltending yeah. and the struggles of the offense, but they did a really good job of shutting down the Flyers too. So I feel bad, but I feel like sometimes really? we neglect the defense's play. The only thing one we talked about was Gossis Bear and how he looked really bad at the end of the game uh, when they were trying to score. But defensively, the team looked really good. So that's it. Give a shout out for that. Uh, sorry um, we didn't go more in depth in it. Leo Carlson. Chance to see him. Yeah, second overall pick, right? Yeah. He's been good, too. Obviously, everybody thought they were going to go Fantilli. Uh, Carlson's still 18. I think he doesn't turn night. <laughs> he's still playing. And the NHL currently he's still 18. And uh, he's got 14 points in 21 games. That's not 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 half bad for uh, for an 18-year-old kid. So You know what's, um, you know what's really funny, Scotty, is I keep thinking that Fantilli did go number two because I just had it wired in my brain. It was going to be Bedard, Fantilli, yeah. one, two. Yeah, that's what everybody thought. But it, yeah, Fantilli, uh, silly for Vantilli, uh, fell to Columbus. So, um, but yeah, no, Carlson, uh, Carlson's been pretty good. He had, he had one game specifically that he was, he was really, really nasty. And, but yeah, 14 points in 21 games, nothing, uh, nothing to be upset about for him. So it'll be a chance to see him assuming I have no reason to believe he won't play. He's healthy and playing. Um, but yeah, uh, we'll, we'll see. There, there's no reason the Red Wings should, uh, even without Larkin should, should lose this hockey game. Completely agree. Uh, we'll be back with a new episode tomorrow. Break down that game. I'm loving, I, you know, I'm going to be honest. I'm loving all the games. I love game breakdowns. They're so fun. I love breaking down individual games. And they're a lot better than off-season and, like, off-day episodes. I'm going to come up with my own content. Poof. No, thank you. No, thank you. But, anyways, we'll be 
back tomorrow to break down this game against the Anaheim Ducks. Same time, same place. Do we ball? Did I ask? You didn't ask. You're just going to just skip well, it. That's well, cool. Scotty, any final thoughts? We ball. Obviously. Right. Uh, obviously. Same time, same place. It's your team every day. Every day.